It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Peace, Love, and Robots, a podcast about anything and everything and all that's in between. I am your host, Jeremy. This is episode two for September the 16th, 2020. Yes, we are still in 2020 for a couple more months. I don't think I'm alone in wanting 2020 to be over, but we're here. We're still here. And we're going to make it together. If we don't make it together... Uh, We're going to make it alone, but it'll be a lot more boring if we don't make it together. (laughs) As always, if you get a moment, please click on the subscribe button. Tell your friends about the show. Even review it on any of the big podcast providers out there, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker, which is the host for this show. Well, the host for the data of the show. I'm the physical host of the show, but uh, I digress. Anyway, uh, yeah, people have asked me why I'm doing this still, and uh, really, all it's all it's supposed to be is a accountability program for me. Meaning that as a writer who is struggling with getting back on the bicycle, if you know what I mean. Getting back on the horse with writing, I am doing this to sort of keep myself moving through a couple of writing projects that I have in the uh, in the fire. A couple of irons in the fire. Irons. Books made of iron. Iron's good for the blood. I'm not anemic. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm, a very, uh, I'm, I'm a very distractible person, especially when it's hot. And uh, for... The, this particular day, it is really, really hot in my house, and when uh, you're recording stuff with sensitive microphones, you turn all of the – anything that has a ventilation noise off. So now with sweat rolling down my face, I am sitting here podcasting. I was putting together stuff for the show this weekend, and – uh, I have one main theme for the show. I'll get into that in a little bit. But I was finding things that sort of piqued my interest. And one of them was uh, this pop vinyl that uh, came out or is is on pre-order. If you don't know what pop vinyls are, they're these small vinyl uh, – they're not action figures. They're like statues. There are bobbleheads, but they've become this uh, huge collector thing. They're, they're kind of – people don't like – 
this comparison, but I think it's pretty close. But they're basically the newest Beanie Baby in that people are buying them. They go up in value and selling them high, things like that. They, there's some that are more rare than others. I I myself have purchased and sold some pop, pop vinyls and and flipped them later on. You know, they're about anywhere between ten and fifteen dollars when you buy them new. Some of them go up in value. In fact, I sold one that I bought for fifteen dollars a couple years ago for uh a relatively large sum, a lot more than I paid for it for sure. But really I only did that because I am trying to buy new equipment for the show and I figured why not take some things that I value that are just sitting there gathering dust, literally, because I don't dust in my house. I don't know who dusts anymore. Uh, who does? I, I'd be interested to know that if anybody dusts still. We try to. I'll admit I try to dust you know, once in a while. But anyway, it was just gathering dust, and it was worth a, a lot more than I paid for it. And I looked at it, and I think it's cool. It's it's a nice figure. It glows in the dark. It's all this. It's neat. But I weighed the options. I really wanted this new recording gear. And so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to sell it and a couple other pop vinyls, a couple other action figures. And I got the money I needed for the gear. Don't have the gear yet. It will be here hopefully the middle of next month. We'll see. It's on back order on BNH, but that's going to change everything for the show. I'm going to be able to have callers. I'm going to be able to have. Uh, guests, things like that. Uh, a little bit more, uh, uh, a little less editing for me because right now the editing process on podcasting is, you know, a little more difficult. It's not hard, but, you know, it adds time. So anyway, I was looking at, I, I still follow a lot of pages on Facebook that are pop vinyl related because I still buy a few here and there. I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've actually bought one in six months to a year. About six months, because I bought a couple during uh, Emerald City Comic Con right before the lockdown happened. Uh, and I so I still follow these pages and I found one there. They've they've run out of licenses or they just keep buying licenses. You know, you can get a pop vinyl for everything from uh, Spider-Man to uh, Batman to uh, ad icons. They have like a Tony T the Tiger one. There were, There's a 10 inch Kool-Aid man. I mean, they've got everything. But now, now they're doing memes. I don't get memes for the most part. I, I don't, I, I get them, but I don't get them. Meaning that they sort of are taking things that were created for one purpose and repurposing them for something completely unrelated. You look at, uh, you know, Pepe the Frog. You know, I, I'm not one of those 4chan geeks, but they, they took a innocent cartoon and turned it into a, uh, white supremacy troll <laughs> trolling figure icon, you know, taking something that was meant for, apparently it was a comic book and there's a, or a web comic and there's a uh, documentary out about it, about the guy who actually drew Pepe, but I digress. So anyway, they're, they're making a bunch of meme related pop vinyls. Now the, the first one I saw today just was hilarious. It's perfect for the office and that, you know, you put this in the office and it would be great as long as the packaging matches because it's definitely the meme of the year because it's 2020. The This Is Fine Dog. I'll share a link to it in the in the show notes if you want to go and pre-order. Um, but uh, the This Is Fine Dog, it'd be great. 
in the uh, <laughs> in the office, especially if they have the flaming, you know, flames going around him and he's holding the coffee mug. I don't know. I I think I think the pop finals have gone a little far now. <laughs> They're going into memes. I I don't know what the next step will be. They do a lot of TV shows. They do a lot of kids shows. They do advertising. They do movies. They do everything. Will the bubble burst? I don't know. But when you're going at uh, you know, internet trolling culture, uh, maybe maybe it's time to slow down a bit. I don't know. I've made it no secret that I'm a fan of movies. I was a film student. I'm still sort of a screenwriter in that I write screenplays that never get made. But I love movies. And I made a concerted effort when I uh, started the summer to keep a list of the movies that I watched from the beginning of my summer until Labor Day. Kept this list in my bullet journal. If anybody uh, – if let me, let me just tell you what a bullet journal is. Why don't I do that real quick? Uh, if you Google bullet journal, you're going to find a lot of interesting Pinterest uh, posts for bullet journaling because some people have taken the method – and turned it into an art piece. I'm not that guy. Bullet journaling is actually perfect for a guy like me because I have undiagnosed ADD, and I only realized that I had ADD after one of my children was diagnosed with ADD. And I looked at the markers, and I was like, oh, man, that's me, plus ADD is genetic, and my wife does not have it. I do. But so I've been trying to – I try to figure out, you know, how have I survived? And one of the ways I've survived is I've created systems that sort of help me organize my life and it's very hard to deviate from those systems. For instance, if I don't hang my car keys on the hook, I won't know where my car keys are. So if I hang my car keys on the hook, I'll know where they are and I don't get frustrated and I save time looking around and getting frantic. Now that seems common sense for some people. For me, it's a system that helps me – stay organized and, and it decreases my anxiety. So I started bullet journaling actually in January and February of this year because I wanted to find a way to organize my life, write down my appointments, things like that, so I wouldn't forget things. And I couldn't tell you exactly what sparked the interest. I think it started with I was looking at a book called The, uh, the Artist's Way and they did this thing called Morning Pages where you just kind of dump everything out in the morning – uh, on the page, write three pages without thinking about it. It didn't have to be anything serious. It didn't have to be like creative. It could. It was just basically your day and your thoughts that you're waking up with, sort of to get you set up for your day to not be weighed down. And I started doing that, and then I realized, ow, three pages of handwriting for me as someone who types all day. Uh, my wrist started to hurt, and I discovered that I probably shouldn't be handwriting that much. So I wanted to find another method that would help me, and I found the bullet journal. The bullet journal method was written by Ryder Carroll. You can find lots of videos on YouTube from him in particular. He developed the system, and in the system you, do, you have not only your daily plans, but you have collections, the things that you need to remember, the things that you need to work on, projects, things like that. And that led to my collection of the movies that I watched this summer. I started on June 26th. It was my last day at work, and I started writing down every movie and the thoughts about it. Then I did a master list of all of the movies that I watched, and the total, unless I missed one, I don't think I did, is 36 movies in 73 days. That's about 
one movie every two days, give or take. And I ran the gamut. I watched everything from movies from the 50s, movies from the 80s. The only new movie, newest movie that I watched was Bill and Ted Face the Music. I didn't watch anything else from the 2000s in this entire list except for that. Oh, wait. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm wrong. I watched a couple, I watched three other movies from the 2000s. I watched uh, Hot Rod, which I had seen before and was giving another chance. Still hated it. I think it sucks. Go ahead. Send me hate mail. <clears throat> Hot Rod is awful. <laughs> it was so bad. It's, it made Billy Madison look like high art. Uh, I liked Billy Madison. I did not like Hot Rod. I'm sorry. Maybe it's a generational thing. I'm sure there's kids, people like, you know, 30 and under that love Andy Samberg, but I found it juvenile and just dumb. I just didn't like it. Sorry. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, that was one of the only ones from the 2000s that I watched. I did watch two documentaries. I watched Showbiz Kids, which was on HBO Max, directed by Alex Winter, who also is in Bill & Ted. Obviously, he's Bill. And that was a great documentary if you have a chance to watch it. it it's heartbreaking because you see what these kids have gone through. But um, it, it was really, really good, really interesting. I think everybody should watch it if their kids ever want to try to become actors. It'll, it'll, <laughs> it will completely alter their path, I think. I did watch another documentary called Tread. It was a crime documentary about something I had never even heard about. Like never. I don't remember hearing about it at all. It happened back um, I think in 2002 or 2003 and it it ha happened to – it occurred, the event that they're talking about. It was the day before Ronald Reagan passed away. So it was national news for about 12 hours and Ronald Reagan died. And then that sort of took it off the front page. It's about a uh, like a huge attack with uh, with a guy who had a bulldozer, and he modified it. And it, it there's a lot of intrigue. It's it's an interesting documentary. I still it, it's it's sad and it's really scary if you can modify a bulldozer the way he did. There's no stopping you until you stop yourself, which is. Uh, pretty much what happened. Spoiler alert. Sorry. So that's the only documentaries I watched. Other than that, I watched a lot of 80s comedies. I watched uh, movies that I hadn't seen for a long time, like Inner Space with Dennis Quaid and Martin Short. Very, very funny. Martin Short's phenomenal. Obviously, Dennis Quaid has a lot of chemistry with Meg Ryan. That's why they were married for so long. Very, very good movie. Very funny. Um, I watched Ace Ventura Pet Detective for the first time in probably 25 years. Eh. I was surprised because the uh, cut that's on Netflix does not include my favorite scene where he becomes the German dolphin trainer. Heinz gets velvet. I am trainer of dolphins. You want to talk to the dolphin? You talk to me. What happened to the regular trainer? What happened to him? What happened to me? Seven years I am with Egg Braid. 
We are making the dolphins disappear, and then Roy is coming with the white tiger, and the stuffing in the pants, and I'm gone. Where is Snowflake? Why do you care about the dolphin? Do you know him? Does he call you at home? Do you have a dorsal fin? Which I remember seeing on video, but apparently that was a scene cut from the American theatrical release, which was added back in for the video release. So on streaming on Netflix is the is the theatrical version, not the home video. I don't know why they did that. It's weird. But anyway, um, I watched American Graffiti for the first time since I was a kid. It, it's it's good. Um, you know, I tried watching the sequel, which is not good. It one of those sequels that completely drops off in quality. There's very there's there's a lot of examples of that, but that's probably the worst one. Uh, speaking of sequels, I watched all three Karate Kid movies. I don't count the one with Hillary Swank. I'm sorry. I watched Karate Kid one, Karate Kid two, and of course Karate Kid three. Karate Kid three is bad, like really bad. <laughs> I really hope they don't bring either of those characters back for Cobra Kai. I do hear rumors that Chosen is coming from Karate Kid Part 2. That'll be interesting uh, in Season 3 of Cobra Kai. Uh, I did watch Mighty Ducks and Mighty Ducks 2, both very, very fun kids' movies. And I watched Spaceballs for the first time in a long time. It holds up, still very, very funny, a little dirty, can't really watch it with the kids, even though I saw it as a kid. Um, Another movie that had a severe drop-off in sequel quality that I watched was Teen Wolf, and then I followed it up with Teen Wolf 2. I wish I had my 90 minutes back for Teen Wolf 2. Really bad, like bad, bad sequel. That might be worse than the American Graffiti sequel, to be honest with you. Uh, It's bad. They changed half the cast. They changed a bunch of stuff, and it just was dumb. It was a bad movie, really bad, (laughs) really, really bad. I watched Young Guns. Favorite, a favorite movie of mine. Uh, I wanted to watch Young Guns 2, but I didn't want to buy it. So I was waiting for that to show up on one of the streaming servers. I don't know how long that's going to be. Did watch the Muppet movie and the Great Muppet Caper with my kids. They loved it. Uh, My daughter, especially my nine-year-old, really liked Muppet Caper. Great Muppet Caper. That was fun. I would say my favorite movie that I watched over the summer was Unforgiven, which I had watched back in – high school when it won the Academy Award. I know there was a remake, a Japanese remake I'd like to track down somewhere, but you know, every frame in that movie was a painting and it was really, really interesting. Um, The story was intriguing. It was the anti-Western, I guess. And Clint Eastwood is one of those, the world's greatest directors. Has to be one of the best directors of all time. Because that movie was – I could pause it, which I did a lot of the time because I can't really watch a movie in one sitting. Almost all the movies that I watch, I watch in one or two sittings – in two sittings or more, Uh, either because I start them late at night or I can't watch them with my family and I watch them kind of in chunks. But you know, when I would pause Unforgiven, the shot would always look wonderful. It was perfect. It's as close to perfect as you can get when it comes to – a Western or a movie in general, really uh, one of my favorite movies. And I still have to uh, watch Richard Jewell, which was his last movie. It's on HBO Max right now. So I watched uh, some movies that I would consider like critical movies that sort of uh, 
that I have vivid memories of watching on VHS, either when we first got a VCR or um, we rented or uh, my siblings may have rented and never returned and I had on, held on to them forever, like uh, Summer School <laughs> and uh, Can't Buy Me Love, both movies that I watched this summer. All, both, you know, really good 80s movies, but for the most part, I remember them because I watched them so much because I didn't have a lot of VHS tapes. And so they became like background noise in my house when I was when I was a teenager. Um, and then the last movie I watched and I watched this the, every Labor Day is um, it's tradition. I think I've watched it every ten, every Labor Day for like 10 years. I have it on DVD uh, is Stand By Me based on the Stephen King short story, The Body, stars uh, Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, Jerry O'Connell, directed by Rob Reiner. Hey, Bruno, where's the radio? Let's see if we can get some sounds. Here. We talked into the night, the kind of talk that seemed important until you discover girls. All right, all right. Mickey's a mouse, Donald's a duck, Pluto's a dog. What's goofy? If I can only have one food for the rest of my life, that's easy. Pass. Cherry flavor pass. No question about it. Goofy's a dog. He's definitely a dog. I knew the $64,000 question was fixed. There's no way anybody could know that much about opera. He can't be a dog. He wears a hat and drives a car. Wagon Train's a really cool show, but did you ever notice that they never get anywhere? Just keep wagon training. God, that's weird. What the hell is Goofy? Not one of us mentioned Ray Brower, but we were all thinking about him. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I watched it with my oldest son when he was about the same age as the actors. Jonas, my 12-year-old, he's still a little young for it. I'm going to wait maybe another year. He's begging to watch it, so I have to have to figure out whether when it's appropriate for him to watch it, maybe next year. But I just love that movie and you know, considering the way that River Phoenix's life ended, it makes it all the more tragic when Chris Chambers disappears. If Stephen King wrote two perfect stories turned into movies, they were definitely The Shawshank Redemption and uh, Stand By Me. Favorite movie of all – one of my favorite movies of all time. Probably a top five, Stand By Me. I know it's it's not it's not aesthetically like the greatest movie of all time. But it's, it's – you know, for me, I remember renting it on VHS – when I was – it was one of the first movies when we got a VCR that we rented and we watched it when I was right – it was right around Labor Day, right before I went back to school. So I have these things like sort of imprinted on my brain, you know, these traditions and it, it makes sense because Stand By Me happens around Labor Day weekend and it just has that end of summer vibe about it. Just love it. I just love the movie. It's 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 great. That's all I had for today. So I was going to talk about the movies. Just talk about movies. It's my favorite thing. One of my favorite things. Movies. So that brings me to the question of the week. Didn't get much response to my last question last week. If I do, uh, it'll probably happen after I uh, record this. So we'll get to those calls later. But I have a question of the week for you. The question is, 
what's your favorite summer movie that's not a blockbuster? What's your favorite summer movie that's not a blockbuster? I'm asking you that only because we've gotten sort of stuck in that every cycle, every year, there's a new blockbuster movie. For the last 10 years, it's been a new Marvel movie or something like that. But what's your favorite summer movie that's not a blockbuster? For me, my favorite summer movie that's not a blockbuster, One Crazy Summer. My favorite end of summer movie, Stand By Me. Both bookended my movie summer. So what was your movie summer like? What was your favorite summer movie as a kid, as an adult, whatever? What was your favorite summer movie? And did you watch any great movies this summer? There you go. Get a little addendum. A little addendum. What's your favorite summer movie that's not a blockbuster? And what was your favorite movie you watched this summer? You can send your responses to the question of the week to my email. Peace, love, and robots pod at gmail.com. That's peace, love, and robots pod at gmail.com. I'll read them on the air. Or you can leave me a voicemail, which I will play on the show if you if you leave it. Don't worry. It's not that scary. You send me a voicemail at 585-371-8986. That's 585-371-8986. Until then, yeah, you guys are the best listeners around. So crank kick the rest of the week in the face and sweep its leg if it gets back up. Or just be excellent to each other, okay? Yes, that's exactly what I wrote for last week. But do it. Please. Don't forget to rate, review the show, share it with your friends. We're all in this together. And I can only grow with your help. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.